0: All right, uh, let's 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 see what an intro uh, show
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hey, hi, Vicky. Hey, Jacob. How's it going?
1: Um, pretty good, pretty good. good. Yeah. Uh, uh,
0: this is this is the Urgy podcast, uh, uh, episode episode number two that we're listening to. Absolutely. Uh, where Vicky and I uh, treat everything as if it might be dramaturgical.
1: Yes, where we explore.
0: Where we explore the idea that everything might might take a little bit of work, urgy Ergy being the uh, from the Latin of something uh, uh, that that means basically to work with. So dramaturgy, metallurgy, etc. There's an yes, example. Yes, where we of- hold
1: a concept in our hands and uh, it's go for it.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I liked where that was going.
1: Yes, <laughs> where we where we hold something in our hands and turn it over and work with it for a while. Yeah.
0: Just welcome to the Trying to think about something good coming out of, at least thinking about our own sadness. Um, this last week, last week today, was it Monday?
1: Uh, I believe it was Tuesday. It was Tuesday. Tuesday uh, morning, yeah. That's right.
0: Um, Canadian Theatre... Uh, And dance woke up to sort of shocking and confusing news about a car crash in Saskatchewan that uh, that killed four people. Um, I
1: believe there was um, there were four artists that were killed. Four
0: artists that were killed, um,
1: and and I believe there was I think there was six casualties total. Yeah, and And, uh, yeah, one of those
0: people was was Michael Green. When Yellow Rabbit.
1: Mm-hmm. And there were um, two wonderful artists, um, Lacey and Michelle from Saskatchewan, and uh, uh, an, uh, an elder named Narciss Blood, who had been working with Michael on uh, a project called Making Treaty 7. They all had, actually. And they were on their way to go talk to some students at a school on a reserve in Saskatchewan, and... Um, to start talking about maybe starting making treaty four mm. about treaty four in Saskatchewan, so they were on their way to um, to grow that project mm. and uh, and find new routes for it somewhere else. Um, when yeah, weather related car accidents. So um, yeah, a huge surprise as those sudden deaths often are, and um, and it, interest. I mean from. Of course, those of us in Calgary who know One Rabbit very well, Mm -hmm. um, they also, uh, in November, lost another one of their ensemble members suddenly to a heart attack, uh, Richard McDowell. So there's five core members of that group, um, and two of them have passed away in the last five months, um, suddenly. So uh, I think there was a... uh, uh, suddenness to it and a, and a surprise and, and also a, a real resonance and a real um, interesting question um, that pops up about what now mm-hmm. um, for an ensemble theater company like One Yellow Rabbit, who've been working together so long and whose work is at the core from themselves, um, what happens when two of those creative impulses are, are, are no longer there? Um And those voices, so mm-hmm. it's uh there's a lot to turn over in one's hands yeah um <clears throat> about about the situation that they find themselves in, but also you know in a, in a thinking about having thought about Richard a little bit um right. and now thinking about michael, those are um, career artists mm-hmm. um who have concentrated all of their work, you know, for their entire lives and built built something. And Michael's, Michael built uh, quite a bit. Yeah. Um, in addition to his work at One Yellow Rabbit, I mean, he's, he also built, uh, as an ensemble member, he also built the High Performance Rodeo, an amazing performance festival in Calgary that um, really has allowed Calgary's imagination to grow um and, and and the
0: countries, I mean to say absolutely to say on that like from from being a kid, I think even in Halifax, being aware of the rodeo and the rabbits, partly because they taught, mm-hmm. so their influence through teaching is crazy important. I think of all the people that I know who have gone through their summer program, uh and then that the rodeo is before i was a you know long before push existed long before world stage was a thing i probably in time with ftr but i i think i knew i knew the rodeo before through university um it was the place it was like the cool weirdo festival and and so when they you know and we they co-produced dedicated to the revolutions uh, gave us gave us money when nobody else could and brought us out there and that was huge and and so that that influence of that idea and also michael the other thing that he was heavily involved with and it's sort of faded away but was performance creation canada which also for me was really important which was a non network of meetings of people who made work made work and performed in it Pe- you know mm-hmm. work that was performed in by the people who made it and and that was an important thing that i think lasted for about 8 years again before Magnetic North's industry, you know, before there were so many industry series that none of us had travel grants to spare. Yeah. We were and getting together and and talking about making work.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then most recently, of course, <clears throat> making Treaty 7, which I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. which brought together artists from many different disciplines, um, musicians, dancers, poets, um, uh, actors, writers, um, directors, designers uh, to talk about Treaty 7 and the creation of Treaty 7 and the legacy of um, uh, of those treaties, uh, particularly the treaty in southern Alberta. But um, it was poised to grow and, and it was a huge, hugely ambitious project and, um, and brought together, you know, not just artists who practice different disciplines, but also artists from like wildly different um backgrounds uh cultural backgrounds political backgrounds it's just it's it's a pretty it it was an extremely exciting ambition uh, ambitious project that was a real um focus for michael Mm -hmm. uh in the in the past while and and was a huge another huge legacy for him to to leave um and uh, but of course, you know, I don't, I don't think he was necessarily thinking of it as a legacy. It was what he was doing on a day to day basis. And it was interesting um, at the uh, last week on, on Wednesday, um, there was a sort of impromptu wake, I mm-hmm. suppose, in the big secret theater here in Calgary, uh, in Arts Commons building, which is the home of One Yellow Rabbit. And uh, we all gathered there. They opened it up and. Um, put out some food, um, there was beer and wine, and um, and we gathered, and everyone just sort of found each other there. And there wasn't anything necessarily formal, but Blake Brooker, who's co-artistic director of um, One Yellow Rabbit and has worked with worked with Michael for over 35 years, um, said a few words of welcome to all of us and um, and uh, gave an impromptu Eulogy, uh, or an impromptu, yeah, an impromptu eulogy. That um, uh, you know, I also saw him do with Richard McDowell. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, what he said about Michael was, um, he said that he said, "Well, the 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 thing that we have to remember is that, um, as shocking as it is, uh, Michael, uh, to borrow a Texan phrase, died with his boots on." Yeah, doing the work that he loved to do, um, that he was, you know, on his way to, uh, create a project in Saskatchewan, um, uh, around, you know, making Treaty 4 was something that, you know, it, it, he died with his boots on. And that was something that, that it really struck me. And it struck me as I thought about Michael in the days to follow. Um, and still today, I mean, today, later on today, I'm going to the, um, more official um, celebration of life, uh, ceremony this afternoon. Um, but that the thing about Michael that I, I really appreciate is that he was always, um, he always saw potential and possibility and was always curious and excited. And, uh, i i some i I'm sitting in in awe and wonder and curiosity about how he maintained that over the course of his career and whether there was a time or when it was that that you know he if there ever was if there was a moment when he when he wondered about what he was doing or um, thought about you know. Uh, thought about it's uh, questioned its 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 worth or questioned its effect. I'm not sure, but he always because he always seemed to be driving forward, and um, and I admire that greatly. And I've thought about it a lot, and I've thought a lo- I've thought a lot about how to maintain that sense of curiosity and energy, forward looking energy, um, in my own life, in my own career, and that's something that um, yeah, I'm considering a lot as I as we celebrate. Michael's life um, is how to sort of take a little take a little um, inspiration yeah. from michael's curio- Michael's sense of curiosity and possibility That's something I'm thinking about a lot
0: yeah I think that's uh, really well said and really true of my experience of him from p c c and meeting him more through through developing dedicated and working with him on on getting that to the rodeo and getting that produced at all was was that that openness and interest in discovering new things like i think that one of the things this week i've thought about in a week that's been full of going to shows in part for me, uh, but was, you know, yesterday was very cold and I was, or Saturday and I was going to, you know, maybe slough off going to rhubarb uh, because I didn't know anyone who was doing thing, you know, or I knew some people, whatever I was, I was in that state. And I think we had actually just chatted back and forth on, what we might talk about, okay. and I had that feeling of like, oh no, right. I, Rhubarb is actually Rhubarb, which is a festival in Toronto for for really new work. So it's short work; it's twenty three minutes. Uh, critics aren't allowed, and and it is where I mean, partially I think I went because it it is where Michael saw the first dedicated show and where we talked and there was a performance creation Canada that was hosted in Toronto at the same time as rhubarb to be tied in. And, and so I was like, Nope, I'm going and I'm going to the things I don't know anything about. Uh, And, and was like very well rewarded for that. In fact, with, a a knight that was mixed in the way that rhubarb knights should be mixed. Mm-hmm. I think if every piece in rhubarb succeeds, then the rhubarb has failed. Right. Uh, and you know we could have lots of discussions about that too down the line. But but yeah, it was a thing of like, oh no, keep keep curious and keep curious about both. Uh, keep curious about those younger than yourself. Mm-hmm. and outside of myself. Like, I don't... He didn't seem to spend a lot of time worrying about what Theatre Calgary was up to. Or maybe he did. I.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure, but I think he... Um, like, he
0: just did the things that he was interested in doing, looked out into the world at what other artists were doing and looked at, at, at emerging artists and wondered what they could do.
1: Well, and I think when he, when he, when he looked around, um, you know, and certainly in Calgary, I think when he looked around at, at the other theater companies in town, I mean, one of the things that the high performance rodeo started to do in the last several years was partner with other theater companies. So what he was, what he was looking for was um, uh, larger and larger platforms, Right. for the work and um and so he you know he that's another fascinating thing is uh is he 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 wanted to um share that platform um or, or find find a larger and larger audience for the work that he loved and the work that he believed in which is why he you know created partnerships with pretty much every theater company in town every right. com- like including alberta ballet and um, and uh, ourselves at Alberta Theatre Projects and Theatre Calgary and Lunchbox Theatre and Vertigo Theatre. I mean, all of those partnerships, hmm. um, and Theatre Junction recently. Um, so all of those partnerships, I think, were a way for him to, um, I think, twofold, one to, one to reach out to us and, and share a passion, mm-hmm. um, like sh- share an enthusiasm. Um, find the bridge and also to create larger and larger platforms for the work that he loved um, with audiences in Calgary certainly um, and that's something too that I, I kind of appreciated about him was um, he was yeah, he was open his hand was, I mean he was his he was always um, he was always open to, like I said, to all sorts of possibilities and, and perhaps more and more um, that it might actually be true that more and more he was he was open to to making connections and a real range of connections but uh, that's something that's something too that was really um, amazing about Michael is uh, he i I think he saw that he saw the possibility in pretty much everyone and every project that he came across and I've heard that a lot from a lot of young artists who talked about young artists who were who are now very much in their you know, in the midst of their careers, the Old Trout Puppet Workshop is a good example. Um, and also, you know, young artists who have worked with him ex- very, very recently. Um, always, always with seeing the possibility in someone, always inviting them along. Um, and he, whether it was, you know, a young dance artist in Calgary who just arrived from Vancouver and didn't know anybody, who's, this is a young woman I talked to at The Wake, um, that I'd never, I had never met before, but that Michael, you know, she got in touch with him and he was like, yeah, hey, f- follow me around at the rodeo. I'll introduce you to people and that kind of thing. Or whether it was, you know, whether it was somebody like that or whether it was Theatre Calgary or Alberta Theatre Projects. or um, He was always, uh, he saw he saw possibilities there, which is amazing, which is really amazing. And I think that's that's one of the things that I, I I'm also thinking a lot about is, um, as I look at people, as I look at, as I look at projects, as I look at organizations, what, what's possible there. And the, the other thing too, that occurred to me and somebody else I, I know was talking about this recently was that, um, he had so much faith in what was, in what he was doing or, or the, or the, the goal uh, or his goals that, um, he was kind of, uh, unflappable. Um, like I, I remember, um, Having to say no. I mean, I think in our in our last uh, urge, yeah. yep. um, we talked about no, the, yep. the value of no, and um, in
0: fact that in a story that involved Michael Green, right? Then, so
1: yes, absolutely. And
0: and even I listened to that because I I got you know suddenly nervous that we had said something mm-hmm. less yeah. kind, which you know. We all have things people could say less kind about us. Uh, but I didn't want to be releasing a podcast that said it. But he, I mean part of that unflappability and part that he like at least to me would sort of brag about being the brash. He loved playing the brash Calgarian.
1: Absolutely. Uh,
0: oh
1: yeah, I remember I remember him standing up <clears throat> at an early industry series of magnetic North and Air and just angering everybody. Um, I think by saying, well, why, are, you know, why are you sitting around waiting for someone to give you permission?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, just go ahead and just go find the money. I think I'm, I'm paraphrasing him, but I seem to remember that. And it was just like, I just remember him get like, everyone got so upset. And you know, this, the, the, the particular example we gave was just a giant misunderstanding. Right. But, <clears throat> um, but yeah, he, but that was, that was the thing with him. And I remember like uh, m- recently, like last summer, I think or the summer before, he and I went and had a glass of wine and he wanted ATP to partner on something, ultimately making treaty and, seven and we couldn't necessarily find a way to make it fit, but we were able to give some money towards the the development of it because we really believe in it. Um mm-hmm. really and um and I said to him, Well, how much do you need? And he uh, like how much how much are you hoping for here? And he said <laughs> Uh, he gave me a number that was really, really outside of our range, <laughs> um, and I and I said, "Well, I can't give you that, but I can give you more like around here." And he said, "That's great, that's awesome, thank you." And um, and you know, and I think we also mm. had to say no no to him about something else, and and it's never uh, I never you know you can you you would be able to say no or you'd be able to say yes. And his enthusiasm for the project and for you was always the same. Hmm. Um, and uh, he, he seemed to always understand, and he, because he had the ultimate faith that it was going to happen whether you were with it or not. Um, and so I always, I mean, no matter what, you know, I, always had a, I always knew that some, like whatever Michael was doing was going to succeed, um, because he had absolute faith. And, you know, and the difference, we talk about the at ATP occasionally, the difference between faith and hope. Huh. Hope is um, hope. Hope has so many strings attached to it. Um, I hope this is going to work out. I hope I get the money. I hope I. Uh, I hope that person shows up. Um, faith. Uh, faith is a is a much larger goal, and um, and that's what Michael had was faith. Uh, in, in what he was doing absolute faith in what he was doing and again i wonder i wonder if that was always the case or Hmm. or what helped him to maintain that faith because that's the thing um he was now i never felt like michael was just hoping something might turn out Um, right i always i always feel like any conversation i had with him he had absolute faith that what he was doing was going to um was going to be uh was going to be realized and that it was going to be very special and um and he was right he was right most of the time, so whether it turned out exactly the way that he imagined at the beginning, right. probably not, but he, he's, he had faith in the, in the ultimate goal and that, uh, of whatever he was doing. And that was what, that was what made him so exciting to be around. And I think probably why he was such a, a marvelous, like career artist, that faith. Yeah.
0: Uh, that makes me really, yeah, I think that's, that seems accurate. I mean, and, and when we were making dedicated, I, I think we were two or three years late, maybe Mm. (laughs) in making the show to like, from when we talked about being at the rodeo to being at the rodeo, uh, took a few rounds of, oh yeah, we're coming this year. Oh, we didn't get the money. And it was never, yeah. It never. He didn't want to rush the project either.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like there, I think there was a year. It was like, oh, we could go, but like your money is all the money we have, and that's not really enough money.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And yeah, and that that it never, as an artist, as a young artist, and now even you know I'm making that phone call gives me so much anxiety to call the presenter and say. I don't think it's a good idea to come this year. And him being like, yeah, that sounds right. Come next year. And I was yeah. like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's that easy. Like, you're not going to say like, okay, I guess you're never going to come then. Like, it's not. This project isn't now or never. Yeah, The project is. And when it will happen, it will happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, was was a faith and a drive that that I admire and and in fact is one of my my fears out of his passing is that that was such a a great force in the Canadian theater world that I think is lacking in that because it's hard like because I I hear you saying like, I don't know if he had moments of not that we just didn't see Mm -hmm. and probably, you know, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. (laughs) He was was after
1: all human.
0: He was after all human. Uh, But, but he certainly had figured out how to, to find that faith when he needed it and Mm -hmm. to keep going on things. And, and that's, incredibly exciting and and not endlessly available in the theater
1: no i mean we're all in a we're all in such a hurry Mm -hmm. and um and we you know calculate risk in such a way um that you know kind of doesn't um i don't know doesn't i mean doesn't make us real artists um let's be Hmm. honest Mm -hmm. um so the way that we're the way that we're constantly weighing risk and weighing risk and that's because of scarcity um a lot of the time it's because of scarcity and um in my humble opinion yep and um and i think that what was it what was uh, i never felt i never felt like michael was in a rush (laughs) Hmm. um although i'm sure he was in some level um but i also i also feel like um you know, there were things there were things that were riskier than others at the rodeo, for sure, from a an audience response perspective, um, from a, a sales perspective. But um, I felt like he was he was a, a, that partially because of that that faith and 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 because risk was how he what he grew up on. Mm-hmm. Risk is what he grew up on. That he was able to put that into perspective, and I think that that's true. That's... um that's something that a, uh, a lot of us that have sort of grown up under um, Michael's generation uh, haven't necessarily um, we, we grew up watching other people's risk and, and we, we grew up taking our own risks. but I think we, um, we also have a, we also just have a, a different sense of it and I think that there is something there's something in the confidence that um, the life of risk (laughs) gave Michael that um, and gave the, you know, gave the rabbit, gives the rabbits. um, And, um, and I'm not saying it was easy for them. I'm sure it wasn't easy for them to always be in a state of risk. Um, That's a difficult position to be in as well, but I, uh, I think it's, I don't necessarily feel like I, well, I grew up watching the risk. I don't know if I, I don't know if I necessarily have the same sense of it or, um, the same confidence Yeah, that, it, and I, that, they, yeah. that they appear to have that, that, or they appear to have won after many, many years.
0: Yeah.
1: I guess that's something I, I, you know, I'd like to sit down with, with Blake mm-hmm. Brooker, um, sometime and, and ask about that, ask about how hard won that confidence is.
0: Yeah. And when and where, and I'm sure it, was not, you know, despite the appearances that we keep up, you know, an ongoing thing, right? Like I'm, there were probably ups and downs and early days and late days being different. And I mean, that's, you know, 35 years of working together is, that's crazy. And I think they, one of the things in terms of one of the sort of topics of how, how to keep, ourselves how to use this moment and celebration of mm-hmm. life to to think about this but how to keep curious and and open over a long period of time is also that they they all worked independently they all also worked with other people mm-hmm. they we're all broadening the sort of network of people working with students. I mean, I'm teaching and that's, that's a thing that is actually quite helpful. Like it's, it's, it it's, there's potential cynicism in it as, <laughs> as I can find in almost anything. Uh, but I can also try and find the hope and excitement and, and newness and faith in in that process of meeting new people and finding new connections and, you know, going from making, making a new show with the people you've worked for with 35 years to going to Northern Saskatchewan to talk to students that that you've never met about making a crazy project that won't involve you as a core ensemble performer or a, I don't know if he did he perform in making Treaty no, 7? No, no, right. he was he was
1: on the he was uh he was an outside eye on it as well, right? Yeah, you know,
0: but working with new people on projects that put him in a different position than than with than just the you know five of them as ensemble members. Mm-hmm.
1: They also traveled, mm-hmm. they traveled with the work, and that that's something that. <clears throat> I think also putting their work in different contexts, um, nationally and internationally. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, And Michael traveled a lot to see work and meet people all over the world as part of his curator duties. And I think there's something about, I mean, there's something about travel that's, that creates... Uh, and, and like a, a whole bunch of new circumstances and um, new context to put yourself in. And I think that that probably had a lot to do with it as well. Yeah. H- maintaining that, maintaining that curiosity and maintaining that um, set of new experiences that uh, allow you to allow you to put yourself in a place you've never been before and keep keep your, you know, that's how you I think that's how you develop confidence. Yeah. Um, and also they kept, I mean, they kept making, they kept making work. Um, now, you know, I think anyone would, anyone would be able to tell you that, um, and I'm sure they would tell you that, you know, they're the way that they make work um, and they continue to create all of this time. And some of it, some of it I think was, was uh, a great success for them. And some of it was less of a success for them. And I think that that, um, the desire, I mean, the, as we get more, as we get more comfortable, how often are we putting ourselves in the, in the position to, um, do something new or start something fresh or, um, stand up in front of an audience, uh, with something you've, you've just created. And with all of the things that you have behind you, all of the awards and a, a book written about you and all those things that they had, that they have, mm-hmm. um, to continue to try and continue to sometimes fail in some, in some cases in the most productive way. And I think that's something else too, that, that I um, really appreciate. And I think, you know, they, uh, I can only, I can only assume that um, having each other must have been another source of of um uh curiosity and uh and uh, excitement to gather together again that that group of people to create something new every every few years or every year for a while it's they must have they must have found something some joy yeah in each other and inspiration in each other and that's that's what that's why it's so kind of difficult to imagine what now? What now? Right. Um, because I can't imagine they would have spent that. They would have spent that much time, especially given all the things that they could have done. That they continued to to do and develop outside of each other. Yeah. Um, that that inspiration from that group must have been must be so powerful. So that's an that's an interesting thing as well, and I think sometimes about you know, especially now that I'm at a certain point in my career, I mean, there are people sometimes that I, I see, or I, you know, or I don't see very often, quite frankly, that I go, I think I realized this in my early 30s. Um, I was like, well, you know what, I look around, and I and these are the people that have made it into their 30s, creating artwork in Canada and um, these are the people that I'm gonna be with for the rest of my career mm-hmm. and um and you know, like I remember thinking, and I still do great right. great i'm actually I'm very happy about this actually um i'm I'm happy that you know I may never have worked with that person, but I may work with them you know in an, in fifteen years, or I'm happy that I'll keep running into this person over and over again and that our conversation will grow and change as I'm sure Michael's conversations grew and changed with many different people that he knew over the course of his career, including people he works really closely with. And um you know, I, I think for me, you know, I, I and looking around the room in Calgary at the at the wake last year and I'm sure later on today, um that sense of network or that sense of um, that sense that we've all chosen to do something, have a life less ordinary um, in this, in this world, in this country um, and try to express something. It's rare. It's rare. And it's to be valued. Yeah. And there is actually, there's a power in that that I think, if we can keep sight of it, um, helps to maintain one sense of inspiration and one sense of curiosity. I think, you know, mm-hmm. we have to draw, I mean, drawing it from each other is, um, when you know, whether when we don't have it ourselves, drawing it from each other may be a very strong possibility.
0: Yeah. And that, I mean, that speaks. I've been... This is off topic. We can uh, today. There's also there are a few um, celebration wakes. I wish I wish people would use the word wakes more. Anyways, there's a few of those things happening today in Toronto. Mm. Uh, One of them at the at Native Earth
1: yeah at the Aki studio at the
0: Aki studio uh one of them a bit more amongst at a friend's house mm-hmm. uh, I don't need to say on the internet uh and and I have been very ambiguous, I think about going to those. I've been trying to think about whether I'm going to go to those. Uh, and what you just said makes me more likely to, like, as, as, uh, which is partially, you know, and a lot of it is just how do I deal with grief or death or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. my community? You know, what, what is these things, these wakes? um and you know it's the keep gardener in me i guess that mm. like the wake yeah seems like the the tradition that i <laughs> know and and love and think of as a party of a community and a a celebration rather than a funeral funeral or a memorial or yeah or that you know, or even the sort of celebration of life, which I'm, I totally understand as a piece of language, but I am more likely to feel like, oh I, I can do that mm-hmm. or I will be most satisfied doing that alone or in a conversation with you or mm-hmm. um, but that that seeing that community and, and feeling that... I think speaks to me very strongly of why, why those things might be useful. Um, and allows yeah. me to reflect again on whether or not I should, should go because I think on some levels, I worry that they like anyways, that they won't be useful for me or, or the opposite of useful. What? Uh, and that's, But but I also in in what you were saying recognize my tendency to to hermit or close in, and that at times is very important to me. And maybe well, at times is less important than I think it is. Right. Or yeah. or can't quite judge about why, what, what is the, is it, is that the right impulse? is that the strong impulse or is that the the less strong impulse to, to process something on my own or to be with other people? And, and what is the reason for being with other people, I guess?
1: You know, okay. So I've had a, I had an experience and this, I, I have to thank, I have to ultimately thank Michael for this. Um, but I also have to thank, you know, many things, I suppose, but, um, recently recently like in January um or end of January beginning of February uh, I saw a show uh, I saw a show and the show was very good um like that it was very well executed mm-hmm. <laughs> which uh, I think you see where I'm going with this um it was very well executed I just didn't I didn't want to watch it
0: right
1: um it didn't make me feel anything uh, I wondered about the relevance of it and you know um i'm in, I'm involved with work sometimes that you know other people may accuse of, of that as well. Um, we all are uh from time to time i uh, the beholder and all that but i I sat there in the show and i i thought um wow i i'm I have only so much time in my life uh, and uh, and this wasn't even me really contemplating mortality at this moment. I just was like. I don't want to be here right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so an intermission, I left. And I, uh, fortunately for me, the rodeo, the high-performance rodeo was happening, and they have, a, they have a, a bar that they have that they create um, in, a, in a little studio space, uh, a little um, theater space, uh, and it's called the Lakecraft Lounge. And, and I, I knew that it would be open, and it was in the building, and I walked over there. Because I thought I um, I need to I need to remember that there's vi- that there's vitality and that there's something there's some sort of relevant conversation happening or that people are having a good time mm-hmm. um, and are talking about a range of different interesting things or the weather at that yeah. point it didn't really matter um, and I I walked over there and somebody said hey what wh- what's up with you and I said I just left a show and I wanted to come somewhere <laughs> where there was some was something that felt vital to me and. Um, And uh, there it was, sitting there. And, um, you know, and and it was, I was so grateful for it. Uh, And I, you know, I like my times alone as well, but there's uh, 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 my tendency, my tendency, particularly when I, when something shakes my faith for a moment, Mm -hmm. um, is to try to um, find, find a place or find some, someone uh, that, uh, rekindles it in mm-hmm. some way, and you know, to varying degrees of success, that doesn't always happen. Right. Um, but it was interesting, and I, I, I thought about, I've been thinking about that that night for quite a while, and appreciating the, uh, you know, access to that, and um, and the access to that to that sense of community, and um, you know, it's interesting. Uh, Calgary used to have this bar. Um, the Auburn and yeah. we, talk, we talk about it a lot and the Auburn, the Auburn, you know, had, had its, it had its ups and downs over the course of its life um, right. for sure. But it was always a place where people were, you would know, you know, it was extremely rare that you would walk in there and you wouldn't know anybody there. And, um, and there were moments when I would walk in there and I would sit down and it would basically be people, a bunch of people complaining about the theater scene in Calgary and, um, but a lot of, even sometimes then, those were really interesting, constructive conversations. Um, but there was always, you always knew what to do with the energy after a show. Right. You know, that, that energy, that, that natural energy that comes after a rehearsal where you are either absolutely inspired and energized, and there's energy that needs to be, uh, you know, expended somehow. Yep. Um, or, you know, it was really not a great day in rehearsal, and you needed to go somewhere and commiserate, or yeah. just be be amongst another type of energy, and um, and that place was so valuable for that. And there's, um, it's been interesting to feel the to sort of feel the loss of that, and particularly around mm-hmm. moments like this. Uh, and it was the the gathering, the the sort of I'm I'm going to just go ahead and call it a week, the the sort yeah. of wake that happened um, last week for. For Michael, it was a big secret theater opening, and and you know, and they had done a similar thing for um, Richard McDowell. Um, was because there there wasn't much of a formality to it. It was a it was everyone finding their way home, yeah. you know, for a moment um, to see one another. And you know, I kept walking, like I kept thinking to myself, like. And I said, you know, I, I said this corny, corny thing that is never corny. It's, it's only corny after the fact. Um, but I kept, you know, like there were certain people that I said, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm grateful for you. Mm-hmm. I just want you to know I'm grateful for you. Um, I walked around saying that to, to quite a few people that day because it was true. And I, you know, I thought to myself, I see, um, I see people uh, particularly, you know, I I have the great good fortune of working in a building where I see fellow artists and people who've built theater companies over many years on a daily basis. Yeah, in the hallway, in line for coffee, um, and I don't, you know, I I I realized I'd never wanted to take for granted. Um, that I get to see those people or that I get to be in that space with people. And I was thinking about that a lot and, um, and also thinking about, uh, you know, thinking about all of those people, as I said, that I, um, that I imagine growing old in the arts with mm-hmm. and, um, and the sort of gratitude I have for them, whether I'm able to express it or not. So I'll express it here.
0: Right.
1: I'm, I'm grateful. Okay. I'm grateful for that. And, um, and let it be recorded. <laughs> And then I am grateful
0: for yeah them. Me too, and I, I mean, I think I struggle, you know, me and my therapist can talk about it. Uh, I struggle with that gratitude. Uh, I think I'm better these days than, yeah. than even a year ago. I mean, I think my, you know, I, I've written about it online and stuff, but struggle with depression and... Mm uh and uh, uh you know that comes I think a bunch out of the scarcity issues that you talked about and and whether you know finding finding that faith having faith okay. or hope and that's and that's a very interesting i don't maybe we can cut. uh it makes me eric n talked about i've uh in in where we met at the lmda conference in vancouver okay. he talked about a distinction between faith and hope
1: yeah.
0: and and i've i integrated that into a piece that i wrote a long time ago for uh canadian theater review
1: Oh, that might L- have been where the seed was planted. That for, might have
0: been yeah. where the seed was planted. Yeah, um, and and similarly to how you talked about it, and and Eric N is a playwright who comes at things from his his background, at, like as a Jesuit uh, and as a person of the religious left, mm-hmm. and he. But I really want to find. There's. I know that there's some weird piece of text that got shared at one point. Because people were like, "Can we have your keynote?" And he was like, "Well, here's a like totally uncomprehensible document of words that I was Uh looking at (laughs) while I was talking, Uh, and I don't remember them, but and I and I want to find that document, and so feel like want to put a call out to people's hard drives because I'm sure it's there somewhere." uh but yeah so i've i've struggled with having having that faith that goes beyond the sort of i hope this will happen uh this is all very interesting also because i'm designing you know working on a program around hope and hopelessness in for Banff. oh wow and we're doing a few days we may try to invite you up for the friday but anyways we can talk about that offline uh yeah. so we're doing this hope decoded and and it's about a lot of things but it's it's framed around around hope and hopelessness and and i did in fact raise this distinction in one of our design meetings and of course i think it's a somewhat the distinction between hope and faith is very true when I hear you say it. And also a bit of a semantic mm-hmm. distinction, mm-hmm. you know, that we can define those things as including or excluding those, those negative connotations. Right. Uh, and I think we also, I think I, and, and in working on this with Banff want to talk about the negatives of hope also, mm-hmm. uh, that that the hope that I someday can own a four-car garage and, you know, a Lamborghini and an SUV, mm-hmm. as I much desired when I was 10, like, that hope is not the hope that we're talking about.
1: No. But yeah. yes,
0: but so I, I struggle with the faith that, and the excitement that I think I can see in Michael, or or project in him uh and and i forget where this tangent started but but is 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 gratitude is gratitude and trying to be better about that for myself i think it's it's something that i can both sort of forget to express. And I think it is, I mean, again, as cheesy as it sounds, and as, as like someone in knowing those people are who are doing the like three gratitude, you know, the gratitude challenge on Facebook. And,
1: oh, yeah, yeah.
0: As much as that can induce eye rolling, I think one of the things about gratitude might be that it, like, needs to be expressed to be fully felt maybe or part of that or or at least thought right i mean i think it's the thing that i that i look to even in people who say grace and i you know have no no context under which any form of grace before eating has been part of my life but i also am always like oh this basic thing of thank you for us being here and thank you i am grateful for the people around this table and i am grateful for this food and i understand that i am not the sole creator (laughs) of these things you know that that is very compelling to me and and also quite well
1: there's mindfulness and and presence i think is what it what it speaks to to me Mm -hmm. which is that um you know i'm not you know i i i'm a seriously lapsed catholic um and so i i did and i didn't really grow up with grace i mean my i'm sorry to sort of out my parents here but we were christmas (laughs) and easter catholics um Uh, whenever my grandmother was around, we'd consider going to church. So, like, it was hardly a strong force in my life um, growing up. Uh, but, and I, I don't relate, like, I don't relate to it at all. And I certainly don't relate to um, uh, God or Jesus having given me the things that I have. However, I, I do recognize that the um, the power of... Um, the like the uh, being the power of being present or, or the power of of being able to enjoy something and i think that um stopping for a moment to express it perhaps is a, is a way that we can is a, is a way of of allowing ourselves to slow down for a moment mm-hmm. um and be there and um and i think uh, it it speaks to you know what i was saying earlier about not wanting to take for granted all these people i yeah. get to see on a regular basis cuz i you know like i i didn't say hi to michael every time i guess i michael was always saying hi so i probably said hi back yeah. um but uh, there's a lot of people i don't s- i don't see all the time um or that i see all the time that it's it's like uh it's hey hey whatever you know or, or um you know uh, there's and and I can't you know I I can't none of us have the time for me to um uh you know speak my gratitude for everyone's personality traits every time I see them um but there is something about about stopping every once in a while to and and indeed I I feel like watching performance is uh there's a level of presence and mindfulness that that you know we should have when we're doing it um And that we, we should bring to it as an, as that our audiences bring to it or God willing are bringing to it, or that I try to bring to it that I, I I don't, uh, but I often take it for granted because I see so much of it. Yeah. Um, and, and every once in a while, if, if what I have to do is stop and say, um, I'm really grateful that this is, or, 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 um. I really enjoyed that or thank you for that yeah. or you know um a- and I I'm now starting to think that there's moments when you know I think back to that show I left in intermission mm-hmm. and and I I remember like that night I remember thinking I am not in the, it's I'm not in the mood I'm not going to be giving this what it deserves or or at least what those the energy that those actors are putting out I'm not going to be I'm I'm not going to be able to bring even uh, you know, a, a minuscule amount of that here, and so, and I, I should, I should not have accepted those tickets. Right. I should not have accepted those tickets out of a sense of obligation, or, or out of a sense of, um, out of a sense of, you know, like just feeling like I should probably show up. Um, because the reality is, that's, uh, and, and I've thought about that a few times. There's been a couple of times when I've gone, you know what? I'm just, I'm not there. I'm not there. And it's. I suppose it's possible that in, in viewing this, I will arrive. I suppose that's possible that this piece might, or these people might have the power to bring me back into the room. I'm not certain that that's possible, and I I want to try to because I, I if I value if I value live performance, I value theater so much that I've made it my life um, to a degree. Um, then. I want to be able to actually value it the way that it should be valued and and I, I don't want to take it for granted. It's extremely difficult. It requires yeah. a massive amount of energy to care that much all the time. Um I'm not certain that I have it but but there's uh, there's moments when I'm trying to make better decisions.
0: Yeah.
1: Um about be- like better decisions and, and trying trying to also be uh trying to preserve some energy out of my, what is now much more admin work than I've ever done in my entire life, in my yeah. new position. Uh, this is the very definition of admin work. Um, uh, trying to maintain some faith uh, or some moments of, of um, presence to rem- remember why I'm doing it. Yeah, um, We're in the middle of uh, technical rehearsals for, the Last Voyage of Donald Crowhurst by David Van Bell and Eric Rose, which I'm also dramaturging, and and it's extremely it's an extremely difficult show technically and um, and and slow going because so much of, because the storytelling is so um, dependent on the on a lot of the technology, um, and but it's I mean it's coming together beautifully but it's 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 slow going and um, there were a few moments this weekend when I had to go in to prepare some cases for some donors for money, for ATP. And I, um, I realized I was like, I'm going to, uh, I have to go down to rehearsal right now. And because they're right down there, they're downstairs Mm -hmm. doing the thing that I'm trying to get money for. Um, And this can't be an abstraction. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, Raising money is not an abstraction. Raising money is uh, to support what's happening that I care deeply about. Right, that's right underneath mm-hmm. me, literally right underneath me. So I have to, I have to go down there. So I remember why I'm sitting at this desk. And um, I think maybe I'm feeling that sense of, of requiring that presence and that meaning and that uh, gratitude because um, because. I'm doing a lot. I'm doing a lot more things that are a bit um, distant right. from them. That might be partially why it's it's become such an important part of the dialogue for me. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I think uh, that makes total sense. And I think we all we all are doing that. I mean, to be an independent producer.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, it made me think that one of the things that. I I have never thought of this before, but also a thing that is learnable from, from Michael and from the rabbits as a whole is they were artists as producers. Yeah. In a way that made that clear that that was possible, right? Mm -hmm. That they were, they were partnering with people, Mm -hmm. but not gigging with them. And they were, they were finding the money, right? That they were, they were both actors and curators and the people who found the money that those were, you know, they've, they've of course had administrative support and, and people who are in more administrative roles, but that those were, that was a thing that, that one could do be an artist and a producer at the same time, like not, not necessarily at the same time, but at the, And that was a way to get the art out
1: Mm
0: -hmm. and, and make, make the faith happen.
1: Yeah.
0: Because it's also, i sorry that that faith is not a having faith in performance and faith and gratitude for the people in our lives that we work with also doesn't mean not being critical of shows and doesn't mean having to like every show. And, And you know it's because because if we you know if I only have faith in a higher being when things are going well then then that's then that's not faith right that's
1: yeah blind faith is not no blind faith is and I wasn't referring to blind faith when I was talking about I think there is something. you know i i uh, one has to appreciate in the same way that i hope people uh, god willing they appreciate me on some level i have no idea but i i hope so i endeavor to be appreciated on some level but i feel like the uh, you know one it's it's in it's in understanding what someone's striving for and it's in and it's in understanding that that they're that they're that they're human yeah. and that they're that that they're that they continue to keep trying um and that they that they themselves have a certain amount of a certain amount of faith that, that is what brings me so much um joy ultimately mm-hmm. um you know in all of its complicated all, all of these words have such complicated roots and ramifications um yeah i think that uh as i see, you know and, and even when i when i when you have faith in a project it, it may turn out in, entirely different than than what you imagined it's interesting um i you know somebody gave me one of those and i i always these things drive me kind of crazy but um somebody gave me a, a quote calendar you know one of those quote oh, yeah. calendars? and um There was this, there's this quote, and I think it's, of course, sitting on my desk at work, but, um, there's something about, just because something doesn't, and I'm totally massively phrasing it incorrectly, I'm sure, just because something didn't, doesn't work the way you think you thought it would, doesn't mean it, it has no value. Right. Um, and that's, I think it's the faith in the value of the endeavor. Is what um, it gives me uh, that brings brings me joy in the people that I'm that I'm with that I work with because um, or that I get to witness their work or I or even if I don't get to witness their work I know they're doing it somewhere and I'm really happy about that Um, you know and I think for me it's it 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 has something to do with um, it has something to do with with faith in the in the overall endeavor of or the faith faith in in you know having a life as an having a life as an artist or or continuing to do your work there's just something about that that i feel like is is really powerful and and that i need i need to see in other people to um to keep myself going um or that i draw something from to inspire me to keep going so that's what i'm thinking about a lot yeah yeah
0: those are good things (laughs) Find notes about things that, that Vicki and I are talking about. Uh, we try to keep a running list of some things for links. Those you can find at smallwoodenshoe.org and then just follow through on podcasts for the Urgy podcast. They sh- and those should appear on whatever whatever podcasting application you are currently listening to. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, iTunes, um, if, if you like it and want to help other people discover it, you could give it a high rating. The theme, the music coming in and out is The Beach, The Beach uh, by the band Holy Coast. And and we found them along with tons of great stuff that's really worth checking out at the Free Music Archive. And, and a link to both of those things will also be in, in the show notes. And Vicky, where, where if people wanted to find out more about you or get in touch where could they do that
1: um, probably the, the best place to access me is, is on twitter I'm at Vicky Stroich or uh, I'm also of course they can get a hold of me through Alberta Theatre Projects where I'm executive director and, uh, and a dramaturg around there and our website is atplive.com
0: and I'm Jacob Zimmer and I'm at Jacob Zimmer on twitter or smallwoodenshoe.org is, is the website uh Vicky, I am I am incredibly grateful for you and incredibly grateful for these conversations. So let's have them more more regular like.
1: I agree, Jacob. That feeling is mutual. Um Thank you all for listening.
0: Thanks for listening.
1: Ding The beach the beach the beach the beach the beach the beach